Hey, welcome to another mile post here on the V-Twin Life. V-Twin Life is brought to you by a few great companies. One being Crash Inc. Clothing. You can find them out of Oregon. Great company specializing in clothes, doing work on bikes now. You can check them out at CrashInClothing.com. They got a lot of great stuff. Hey, head on over there. Maybe they got something you like. And we can't forget, wild ass. You like pounding miles, you like riding, you want to be in comfort. Hey, maybe strap a wild ass under your ass and ride with an air cushion and be comfortable for hours. And can't forget Custom Dynamics, leading the industry in lighting LED technology. Man, these guys got some great stuff. So head on over to Custom Dynamics and check it out. Now, let's get to another mile post of the V-Twin Life. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in on another Sunday as we are hitting mile post 99. Almost to 100. I can't believe the rides keeps going, but man, this has been so much fun and a lot of good. Met a lot of great people. And tonight we got Mr. Dylan Dwyer out of Minnesota. <laughs> What's going on, Dylan? Thanks for uh, taking time out of your Sunday and coming to share some stories and adventures. Oh, no problem. Thanks for inviting me. Um, yeah, last, I think you got a hold of me on Monday. And I was sitting here pouting to myself about not having anything to do, you know, motorcycle related. So I was actually kind of excited when you got a hold of me and get to do something with the motorcycle community so that's always good so i mean yeah if you know since you you know you guys kind of still got some of that white stuff around i think so at least if you can't ride you can talk about riding absolutely so and luckily we went on vacation here a couple weeks ago so i can kind of remember riding then so it's not like i'm looking back seven months so <laughs> yeah i seen the picture that you guys were down there in daytona you lucky some beachy yeah that worked out pretty nice <laughs> i bet it did so let's fire this off like I always like to. So where'd motorcycles come into life for you? Where'd, where'd it start? Um, when I was a little kid, I, it was either right after kindergarten or first grade. Um, we got my, my first motorcycle, a Honda 50. And I remember me and my sister wore that thing out, and we got another Honda 50. And from there, we went to three-wheelers and four-wheelers and dirt bikes. And so that's been a, been a steady theme since I was a kid. And you no, know, even like bicycles, you know, basically anything where I'm straddling it and I'm behind handlebars, I'm pretty happy. And, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, street riding, I'd say my early 20s, somewhere in there. Um, I was working at a motorcycle dealership. And of course, part of the job meant test riding bikes and everything else. So I got my endorsement for that. And yeah, I spent a few years borrowing bikes from the shop. You know, we always had like 50 used bikes in the inventory. So I just, you know, bring my truck to work on Monday, park it, and I usually didn't bring my truck home again for about a week. You know, I just rode bikes back and forth everywhere and went for cruises at night. Nice yeah, little advantage. Absolutely. Then eventually, after a few years of that, I, I bought my own and spin off to the races. <laughs> what was the first one you bought? Um, the first one I bought for myself was a, it was a brand new Suzuki SV650. So a little naked japanese sport bike oh yeah the little I, I remember the svs yeah they were that was a lot of fun in fact i'd love to have another one just like it but <laughs> i don't and uh yeah i always liked the old tl 1000s yeah yeah they sounded great too oh like, man the the v twin of those sound you get a nice like D D exhaust on those and oh mm -hmm. yeah that i'll tell you what they're pretty damn close to a ducati aprilia they right. just that sound was unmistakable much like you know the uh honda rc51 when they made those for a while yeah god they were impressive 
Yeah, and then they had the V twin Super Hawk for a while. You know, oh yes, yeah. one of those my buddy did. Yeah, yeah, they all sound they sound really cool. They don't sound like a Harley V twin. They just have no. like one or a Thunder. You know, it's a uh, pretty cool. So it yeah, is I really like that bike. They should have kept it. <laughs> yeah, much like they'll do. You know, the Ducatis and whatnot. God, they just have a sound of their own that is just very unique. Yeah, yeah, it's like it just. Keep going back and forth, you know, through towns. They can ride, be, you know, between buildings and hear it echo back at you. And yes, it's <laughs> yeah, looking for the, just the sweet spot and the RPMs and the load. And yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, the good times. Yeah. Gotta let everybody know and you know, share the sound. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Then after, after the Suzuki. Now, I actually took a few years off. I had a little kid, you know, and uh, I spent a lot of time with him. And I think it was probably about, oh, maybe 2008, 2010, I got back into it, bought a Harley Sportster. And uh, that was fun. I bought it actually as a quick clip. Uh, I buy a lot of stuff and turn around and sell it, you know, a little hobby on the side. And, uh, yeah, I got that Sportster. I brought it home. I'm like, I'm keeping this one. So, <laughs> yeah, we actually had that for quite a few years, too. What, 1,200? Uh, no, it was just an 883. Oh, the 883? Yeah, and uh, stock motor. Well, it only had like two or 3,000 miles on it when I bought it. Oh, that and, ain't uh, nothing. No, and it, it had been sitting, so the carburetor was dirty, and it barely ran. So, yeah, I got a pretty good deal on it. I'm like, I don't know if this thing's going to run, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's what I'll give you for it. And uh, Yeah, I, I loved that thing. I rode that quite a bit. Yeah, for a mobbing around town bikes, I mean, you know, that's they're not bad, at, you know, if a guy, you know, if they're – if you're built proportionate wise, I guess so you, you don't look like a you know monkey fucking a football trying to ride it. Exactly, and I'm a pretty small guy, so uh, yeah. And around here, they feel you know plenty powerful. You know, we got a lot of tight roads, twisty roads in the lakes and stuff. But uh, yeah, you take it out west, they're into some open country, and they're just not cutting it. But <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you just don't don't have much of a range with the little peanut tanks on them. No, that too. About every hundred miles or so, you better start looking for gas. But, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So we actually ended up with a pair of Sportsters for a while. Um, I had bought for my fortieth birthday, so that was a handful of years ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bought a brand new. It was eighty eight three iron. You know, so the blacked out one, but we had like the with the amber whiskey orange tank and stuff on it. To, so I, I bought one of those for my fortieth birthday, and my wife adopted that, and I still got stuck with my old one. <laughs> <laughs> But that worked out okay. And, uh, yeah, we, like I say, I had that, that first 883 I had for quite a few years. And, uh, what happened was we were out riding out West, I think probably Sturgis or something, or even rides around here. I'd always see guys with their woman on the back. And I thought, you know, that's so romantic looking or whatever. It looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> so, that's so a good way to put it. Yeah. So I, I, I get some wood. To, Keep going. Okay. So I wanted a bigger bike so I could put her on the back because I wasn't going to put like a backrest and stuff on a sculpture. So I uh, ended up buying a, a brand new Dyna, the, the street bob. And so yeah, I outfitted that with a passenger seat and stuff for her to ride on the back. And she absolutely hated it, so that didn't go too well, but I still love the Dyna too. <laughs> so, so anyway, where were we? Okay, so yeah, we went from that to the Dyna. So we had a Dyna and a Sportster for a while. And then, yeah, my wife had a little car crash where it was given her afterwards. She had problems with her shoulder and her neck and stuff like that. And the sportster wasn't cutting it for her with the vibration and everything else. 
So she ended up buying a bigger bike. So she got a, what was it? A soft tail deluxe brand oh, new nice. with the M8 and stuff on it. And of course she put a windshield and stuff on it. So she was all pretty well equipped for the highway. And so I had to get a highway bike myself. And that's when we moved up to the Road King, which I'm currently riding. And we've well, got your Road King. in the mix at the same time. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to the chopper in a minute, but yeah, what year's your Road King? Uh, it's a 2011. I wasn't too sure about going with a bagger because I'd always ridden little bikes or whatever, and I used to pick on bagger people a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I, I decided to go with a used one. Yeah, we found a good deal on a used one, and I would pick that one up. So. Nice. I've seen pictures of it on Craig's, some of the wild ass posts and Craig's posts, and it looks pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty clean. You know, uh, Minnesota sucks for riding, but it also means the bikes stay really new and low mileage for a long time. So it's easy to find a nice used bike around here. How many miles are on that when you found it? Oh, I don't know. Something like 10 or 11 or something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Which for a used bike around here is actually up there, you know? I guess I know I need to shop when it comes time to wanting to get, you know, upgrade a couple years or two. I guess I got to go to Minnesota. Yep. Yep. Just stay away from here for cars because they all rot, you know, they rust out. But yeah, like boats and motorcycles and stuff like that, this is the place to get them. So. <laughs> Heck yeah. Find one that old with barely any miles, just barely past break in. That's freaking sweet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, it probably had the original tires on when I got it. So yeah. Yeah, good chance sport, it did. Yeah, that Sportster I bought was pretty close to ten years old, and I think that had like two or three thousand miles on it. Jesus, unreal. Like, yeah. <laughs> now we put more on than that since we, you know, once we get them. But. <laughs> yeah. So what about that chopper in the picture you sent me that I, I was able to use for the uh, the podcast star? What's the story with that? Um. Yeah, like I say, you know, I, I like the smaller bikes. I kind of like my bikes raw. You know, um, kind of, you know, no windshield, no bags, no nothing. If I can get away with it, you know, there's a lot of times you just need that stuff. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd always kind of like choppers, and I, I always wanted my own. And uh, through different jobs that I've had throughout the years, you know, I got a little bit of a skill set to just go ahead and build my own. So, yeah, we bought a old Sportster 1200 and chopped it in half and started building something out of it. So, <laughs> that was That's after, awesome. Yeah, like around here like the custom bike scene really doesn't exist a whole lot so like when we go to car shows there'll be a motorcycle class and it's usually like a you know a stock street glide or whatever you know with pipes on it or something you know and that's all they ever have sitting there and i thought well i gotta build something for this and yeah, she's she's been a winner ever since so <laughs> that's got for an engine in it um it's the 1200s which okay. uh, it's a 1998 so the s motor at the time, they had the Buell series of bikes going on that were basically a sports motor. Mm -hmm. um, the Buells weren't selling really good, so they had all these engine parts left over for the Buells. So they took a Sportster, added like you know piggyback shocks and some adjustable forks, and they added the basically the Buell motor to the Sportster, and they sold it as a sport, you know, like a well a 1200s, the 1200 Sport. So uh, it was actually kind of a rare model, and people didn't like the fact that they cut it in half. You know, I posted a lot of pictures and stuff on like Sportster forums and stuff and Sportster pages on Facebook. And yeah, they had a fit. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able to sell like the forks and stuff for quite a bit of money and got quite a bit of money for the shocks. And that uh, went a long ways towards the build. So 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's been a fun bike. It actually, uh, yeah, it looks like it's miserable to ride, but it's really not. Um, on the highway, it works fantastic. You know, it's real stable. You know, it's got more rake than normal. And, uh, you know, you feel every crack on the road because it's a hardtail. But, yeah, on the highway, it's really nice. It just kind of sucks like in stoplight traffic. There's no front brake. So you always got to be able to, you know, have your foot, right foot on the brake and put your left foot down. If you screw it up, you got to take your foot off the brake and you keep rolling. And so that's about the only trick is just like in town. Yeah, it's a fun little bike. And it, it scoots good, too. You know, probably weighs 100 pounds less than a stock one. Yeah, it goes. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, Sounds yeah, like fun. Yeah, it's the fastest bike in our fleet. I know that. Like, yeah, the wife's 107. Yeah, it walks right away from her. And so that pisses her off. <laughs> well, yeah, you ain't got much weight, but you know you got a good little amount of power, a good power plant, and it's gonna you're gonna move along. Yeah, it runs a lot nice, and yeah, like the the rev limiter doesn't kick in until like 8,500 RPM, and it breathes right up to that point. It's a that's yeah, pretty impressive for a V twin. I like it. Heck and, yeah, uh, yeah. Then uh, yeah, and we've actually got another Sportster coming together in the garage right now. Um, another hardtail, one that I'm setting up for the wife. So. That one's going to have front brakes on it and stuff, but still on, no suspension or nothing. <laughs> Just go the old jockey shift on it. I'd love to, but I don't think she'd <laughs> let me. So <laughs> We're going to keep this That'd one. That'd be cool, cool. The, the old hand clutch and, and jockey shift that thing. Yeah, that would be fun, you know, and especially with no front brakes. You'd have, well, you basically have to have both your feet on the pegs when you come to a stop. And then I, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. That that could be yeah, it'd be interesting. I guess you just have to you know, really just hold the clutch and well, no, because you'd still you know if you hand shift it, hand clutch, you still got your left foot. No, I suppose yeah, the hand clutch. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the thought, hand clutch on the shifter. Right. I know a lot of people do a foot clutch and hand shift. Yeah. So then that's yeah, it's not for me. That's too much coordination. <laughs> I could fuck that up pretty quick. Yeah. But I suppose you'd get used to it. You know, it'd be no different than shifting a truck, you know? Yeah, it just, yeah, take a little bit to get used to it, much like anything. It's a good point. Right. And then, of course, you hop on a normal bike, and you're going to screw that up right away for the first 15 minutes, you know? Oh, yeah, then you're going to be hosed for a little while. <laughs> That's, yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> so you get out do much touring on your on your Road King? Um. Yeah, we've been getting more into that. Um, you know, through the years, we did a lot of like, you know, after work or whatever, we'd head out for a few hours and come back. Or on the weekends, you know, we'd be, you know, we'd say, hey, at noon, we're going to head out and ride till dark. So uh, traditionally, we were always more or less local riders. And I'd, I'd take the occasional long haul by myself, like out to Sturgis or, you know, somewhere like north, northeastern North Dakota or northwestern North Dakota, I mean, out to like the oil fields and visit friends stuff like that the occasional overnighter we'd go on but for the most part we rode locally and uh yeah like i say once we got into the bigger bikes uh we both started craving more and more miles longer trips and stuff like that so yeah, we've gotten out and made pretty good use of the baggers so far so that's that's been good well yeah when you get a bike that's you know you, you get one that's set up on that you know platform that you know basically is built for it for you know getting out and enjoying it it does definitely makes it a little difference than if you're trying to do it on a sportster for sure right <laughs> so yeah i used to like when we'd go for a ride before you know i like to twist 
nasty roads and stuff and cruising around and ripping and having fun. And I used to just hate like a straight stretch. And uh, yeah, now and then I find myself craving a straight stretch where I can set the cruise and, you know, crank the tunes up and just kind of veg out a little bit. So yeah, it's like yeah. Robin said, road kings are made named for a purpose. Bikes are made to go long distance. <laughs> She's got a beautiful road king. Does she? Yes. That's good. I'm liking mine. So, yeah, the only thing I don't like about mine, well, it's, the, it's a 96, you know, the, the, or the motor, 96 cubic inch. And, you know, it seems a little underpowered. And that's about the only gripe I really have about it. But otherwise, yeah, I love getting out on that thing now. I, I enjoy no, they, it. They make a couple goodies for that, you know, like cams. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I'm also on the fence about trading it in about, you know, I'm getting something newer. So mm -hmm. I hate to go and invest a bunch of money into this one and then trade it in. So, so I think for now it's all about acceptance. Like I say, like zero to 60 and stuff like that, it's really good. You know, especially if you shift it hard and kind of abuse it a little bit, but it's just like on the highway. Like if you're on the interstate or something, and you're trying to pick your way through traffic, like in the 80 to hundred mile an hour range, it just kind of lacks. <laughs> yeah and i can understand i mean mine i mean i mine started as mine's an 04 so it started as an 88 with the uh with a 95 in it then mine's got a set of gear driven cams and you know the intake slip-ons and and some of the goodies and it, it did it makes a big difference you know kind of wakes them up a little bit but it's not overpowered but it gives you that with the cams that mine got in it's some good low-end torque and it did help a lot you know cruising wise but you know it it's no powerhouse like these, you know, the 128s and, and all the stuff that a lot of people like go bigger and bigger and bigger. But, you know, for me, it's, you know, I think take a build and you go towards longevity, you give yourself a little bit more, but, you know, still not sacrifice the life of the motor. Exactly. Yeah, you always, it always ends up being a trade, you know, no matter what kind of motorsports you're in, you know, more horsepower means less reliability and vice versa so yeah you got to find a good balance there that's for sure so yeah yeah other than that yeah I've, I've really had a blast on that road king um yeah i've gone for a handful of you know overnight runs or longer runs or whatever just by myself just you know spur of the moment type stuff and yeah and i really like it and plus i've noticed with the bagger now you know let's say i'm at home and i need something from the hardware store you know, instead of taking my pickup truck like I always used to, you know, now it's usually something that'll fit in the bags, and I can ride the bike instead of taking a truck, which is always a nice bonus too. So, oh, I do the same thing. I got to go to the grocery store or whatnot because I mean, I got the tour pack, so it's like, no problem. It's like I can fit plenty of stuff: two saddlebags, tour pack. Yeah, <laughs> it's a grocery getter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's hard to haul a loaf of bread or whatever on like a Sportster or a Dyna, but it could be done. Got a so, point. You can hang yeah. the grocery bags off the handlebars and hope they don't break. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've always had a sissy bar on everything. So, yeah, traditionally what I've done is I get a few rolls of electrical tape and I just keep taping stuff to my sissy bar. So anybody <laughs> that's ever rode with me in the past, you know, will stop and get something and I grab the tape and start wrapping it on there. And then you get to the next stop and you get something else you got to put on there. Just keep adding to the pile. It gets bigger and bigger. So... <laughs> Hey, you know, and they can't get you for being unsecured. You know, you got it secured. Right. Oh, it actually works really good. So, in fact, I still do it on my Road King. I'll, you know, I, I use electrical tape to hold like all my unicorn on there or sleeping bag and pillows and all that stuff. I use tape for everything. So. They do make bungee cords too, you know. They do. I've got a couple, <laughs> but I just go for the, you know, the tape is always just the right length, you know. <laughs> so. God, that's a good point. Yeah, you don't have to look around for a place to hook the cord. So, 
That's that's a very good damn good point. Yeah, if you ever want to try it, I don't know if you have the rack on top of your tour pack. Oh, I do. No, oh, yeah. But then I got the net that I can set on there too, and you know, with all the six little points, and just hook the net all over the rack and strap more shit on top of it. Oh yeah, and when that's full, then you can tape shit to your net. You can just keep there. Going. You go. <laughs> a little tape, couple zip ties, call it good. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, then if you want something on the bottom of the pile, you got to break about 30 feet of tape, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys get able to do much riding while you are down in Daytona for bike week? Uh, we didn't put a lot of miles on. Um, well, you know, with the exception of the interstate, everything else down there is basically stoplight to stoplight. So uh, you don't get real far real fast. So, like, um, from the, the house we were staying at, if you cut over towards the, you know, the ocean – and worked your way up the coast and then cut back into Daytona. It was maybe 40 miles. I'm not even sure. 40, 45. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it took damn near half the day to get there, you know, especially if you make a couple stops and fart around. So, um, yeah, then we, but we did make a couple longer runs. We went down to like Cocoa Beach and stuff like that. And so we, you know, put some interstate travel on. But yeah, for the most part, it was really slow going. So the riding there isn't fantastic, but. But then again, you're somewhere with palm trees and it's nice out and everybody else is out on bikes. So that part of it made it fantastic. So. Yeah, it's sunny and warm. Right. So, yeah, not the greatest biker vacation, but still an awesome vacation. You're not sitting in a rent- rental car. You're on your bike. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> Which is nice, especially if you're down that area. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, we had a good time down there. But, yeah, miles-wise, I don't think we did real great. But <laughs> Yeah, oh my wife's on brand six i think we did like 600 miles in five days well it's like you talk about going to stores my wife i annoyed denver by giving him a three item grocery list yesterday he rolled his eyes said all right i'll take the bike the store well it's maybe a minute away and yeah i was gone for an hour to get to the store <laughs> couldn't help it the highway was there might as well take a left turn go out this way you know dink around take a u-turn right. yeah i made yeah, it to I the know. store I buy a lot of stuff from the hardware stores, you know, like, you know, nuts and bolts or whatever, sandpaper. It seems like something like that all the time. And yeah, so I know I've been to just about every Ace Hardware in the state. So <laughs> <laughs> like, I know there's one like an hour and a half from here. We'll go check that one out. So <laughs> yeah, Springer Mike says, oh, uh, where he was curious where you at in Minnesota and have you ever made it into Wyoming? Yeah, we just, I've been through Wyoming and four wheels a lot, but yeah, we just clip a little bit of it now and then in Sturgis. Um, as far as Minnesota, yeah, we're in Brainerd, which is like smack dab in the center of the state. So, yeah, if you look at the map, we're like right in the middle. Yeah, home to uh, Wild Ass World Headquarters. It is. Yeah, my house, I'm only 10 minutes from there. So, like, in fact, if I head towards town, you know, we're out in the country. If I'm heading towards town, his shop would be one of the first buildings I see. <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. I mean, you got your Wild Ass shirt. I got one of the new ones, the United We Ride, you know, Let's Go Brandon shirt on. Yeah, make your ass great again right on the back. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got your shirt, too. I'm glad I didn't wear that one. We would have looked silly. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, good times. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like, yeah, like, as far as Wyoming is on motorcycle, you know, we pretty much just hit, like, the you know the extreme eastern part of the state. Like, we'll, we've been up to Devil's Tower and stuff, you know, a lot, and I... I know that there's Topless Tuesday in Montana during the motorcycle rally, so we clipped through Wyoming to get to that. So, yeah, I've only, as far as Wyoming goes, yeah, I've been down around, like, I think it's Sundance and Gillette. 
stuff like that. I think that's the right names. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty countryside. I like it. Yeah, Iowa Hog Rider. He was just in uh, Lynchfield last week. So must right. be close to you. Um, I think that's down in kind of like southeast Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> just Brainerd, home to the babe, the blue ox. Absolutely. That's the place. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, in fact, uh, yeah, Paul Bunyan and, well, babe, the blue ox, yeah, they used to be right in town. Then, uh, oops, where did I go? Am I still here? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in, Robin. You have a good day over down in the land down under in Australia. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nowadays, Paul Bunyan land is like four and a half miles from my house. So they're out in the country now, too. I've ne- I think I've been to that one one time. But they have Paul Bunyan here. land? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it used to be a big deal. <laughs> uh, was it like a little amusement park or something? It is. And then they got Paul Bunyan himself. He's a... Uh, well, at one time, it was like the world's largest animated statue or whatever. He'll wave at you and moves his head back and forth and his jaws go. Yeah, so like if you're a little kid, when you're going in or going through line to get in, like they'll sneakily kind of ask your parents you know, what your name is. So when you walk in there, Paul sees you and he says, hey, it's Denver. You know, how you doing, Denver? And yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> Interesting. I didn't know they had Paul Bunyan Lance. I got a, I learned something tonight. How about that? Oh yeah, you'll have to come check it out. So <laughs> that's good. So I've heard there isn't there is some good riding up in like you know you get up northern Minnesota, call that the what is the UP? Yep. Yeah, that's a yeah up the North Shore there. I guess most of us call it the North Shore or the Arrowhead. Um, Michigan has the UP. The UP. Oh, that's right. That's right. I, sorry, I was listening to Charlie Burns occasionally. Dude, that dude is funny as hell. He's a comedian. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, like uh, yeah, on the map, like, well, if you look at where I live, like from from our home south, it's a lot of like open farm country, cornfields, stuff like that. And then from like right where we're at, from there north, it's all wooded and lakes and uh, yeah, really nice riding. You know, you get extreme, you know, northeast Minnesota. It's, you know, kind of rocky and mountainous. Not really what I'd call mountains, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So it's pretty riding up there. So, yeah, basically anywhere the northern half of the state, you know, it's relatively flat. We got like rolling hills, but thanks to there being you know basically more lakes than land, that every road is just twisty and curvy, and uh, yeah, it's really nice riding. Um, you know, like locally here, we've got tons of roads that are you know kind of posted as like a thirty mile an hour speed limit. You know, they go around the lakes, mm-hmm. just around. There's hardly any straight stretches around here. And, uh, yeah, they're a, they're an absolute blast. And, yeah, there's a lot of that around here. So you got one route that, you know, kind of in your homeland, like if you, you know, get out for an hour or two, just go for, you know, a little two-wheel therapy session. Is there, you know, one particular area that you really enjoy getting out and riding through? I do. Um, you know, and like around here, there's we've got a – it's called County Road 77, but it loops around uh, Gull Lake. And that's kind of like the, the locals' favorite. Like on a given night, there's going to be a lot of motorcycle traffic out there. and uh, But that's kind of out of the way for us. But, yeah, I've definitely got some county roads around here, like right next to home. You know, I've got well, a few different loops that I make, you know, basically like 50-mile little routes. And, uh, yeah, I love it. So, yeah, a lot of times, like I said, I don't drink. So in the evenings after work, you know, a lot of times I'll come home and eat a quick dinner, and off I go for an hour or two. And, uh, 
yeah, just kind of like I said, I've got my favorite little you know routes plan when I do that. Some are faster, some are slower. Spend a lot of time riding locally. It's a good time. I can see, and that's you know the fun part is that you get out on the you know I love riding the back roads and, and the side highways and the side roads. It's it's a lot of fun, and you know you get some of the great sites. And Sam up here, you know, you can go take some of the side highways. We still have some of that farm country land, and you know head out through the the farmlands and you know the cow pastures and get down by right down by the water, the Strait of Juan de Fuca, and there's some. There's some great little side areas and whatnot. You know, if you just got a, you know, an hour, hour and a half, just want to go do some riding. There's plenty of little side roads that are just fit the bill perfect for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, like I say, around here, you know, we've got so many little county roads. They're beautiful and twisty. And uh, yeah, but the only problem is they're really broken up. I mean, a lot of them are basically five to eight miles long. And you come to an intersection, you take another one. So it's. You know, it's not like you can get on one and just cruise for a couple hours and that kind of sucks but but you know you're still out there having fun and yeah the, the scenery around here in the summer is great um in the winter it's misery but we we, we kind of earn the summers we get so. yeah i got brad iowa hog rider lynchfield the brainerd's only about four inches on the map yeah that ain't so bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was born down by wilmer i think lynchfield's kind of down in that area i'm not sure but well, how, how'd you and Craig meet? Um, well, it's a small town. I think we've known of each other for pretty much most of our lives. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, through dirt biking and everything else, we've always bumped into each other for, for years. And uh, then, of course, Facebook came along. We became friends on there and started talking more and more and then hanging out, you know, person to person on the weekends or whatever else now and then, and it just kind of went from there. So. And especially like when the pandemic hit, none of us could do anything. And we started hanging out quite a bit then. Now we were racing little RC cars in his backyard and stuff and just trying to find stuff to do. <laughs> oh, dude, when he was doing that little video series, you know, like the interviews after the races, those were freaking hysterical. Right. That was it. Well, we had been up here in the north racing outside in his yard. And he came up with his idea. Well, about a mile south of here in St. Cloud, they have a big indoor track that they race on in the wintertime. And it's like a carpet and you get these little sticky tires and uh, anyway it's nothing like dirt so yeah about four or five of us from up north here went down there and, and we spent the we didn't really have a clue what we were doing but we raced all winter down there anyway so <laughs> we were quite a sight <laughs> it's i know the little interviews he was doing it was oh those were awesome yeah where you thank his sponsors and all that yeah <laughs> things are good and you know turn two is a little bad but you know we're gonna work on some things and uh I was dying laughing at those ones. Yeah, those I was the are freaking awesome. Racing guy all winter long, so that was a big job. <laughs> <laughs> so I know some of the guys talk about fishing. You do much fishing up in there, or you know, or is that one of your hobbies? That much? Uh, you know, I I used to. I used to go fishing probably five six times a week, and then uh, probably in the last five or ten years or whatever, I just kind of drifted away from it. There's just so many other things I got going on, and you know, yeah, motorcycles. All right, motorcycles for one, <laughs> and uh, yeah, fishing takes all day. You know, by the time you go and launch your boat and do whatever else, and then bring your boat back home, it's it's a commitment. But so yeah, that and we used to ice fish all the time. I kind of quit, you know, doing that when I quit drinking because I was just kind of a big, big drunk fest <laughs> on ice. But but yeah, we used to be good at that. You know, we used to go and enter all these competitions and stuff, and we'd score quite well and make some money. It was fun. But, 
You guys got any any fun uh, motorcycle adventures planned for the summer? There is. Um, probably the biggest one that I can share here <laughs> is uh, <laughs> I just uh, the Monster 100 ride. Uh, I'm pretty excited about that. What day um, you got? Is it June 12th and 13th? We're actually okay. Gonna run... and 14th. Oh, 13th and 14th. Um, well, I got this on the 17th of June. That's mine. Oh, nice. So we're right in front of you. Yeah. But yeah, what happened was, you know, there was 100 spots available to begin with. And um, yep. my, my wife chose her birthday to do it. And I chose the day before. And I thought, well, what we'll do is we'll just make a 2,000 mile loop together. Well, then they added 100 more spots. So then we made it official. So it is riding with the other person. You know, we're both officially riding both days. So. And, uh, and the purpose of that was, you know, we've, we've done a lot of like thousand mile loops, you know, give or take out of here. And you always end up kind of going to the same places. So I thought by making a 2000 mile loop, we'll be able to stretch out a little bit further and see something new. And, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of the idea behind that. So, yeah, well, basically the furthest, furthest from home we'll be getting would be, I think, Bozeman, Montana. And, uh, okay. Yeah. So I think we'll actually be. We'll be east of Bozeman at the end of day one, and I think just to get the get the miles that we need, we got to head west into Bozeman and then turn around and work our way home. So, so are you just going to take the interstate, or are you doing some back highways on yours? Um, day one, I'm thinking we're going to take mostly back highways, you know, two lane roads, but it's through open country. I mean, you can really right. pass through there, but uh, it's the same route basically that we take to Sturgis. We'll be heading through Sturgis. And we'll be heading up past Devil's Tower. Um, it's Highway 212. So to get there from here, I think there's like a 70-mile stretch of Interstate 29. So, we, yeah, so you got Springer Mike and Wrenchbender Nick. You're going to be going through their backyard because they're in Gillette, Wyoming. Oh, okay. I, I suppose, I don't know if we're going to go that far south or not. We probably, well, yeah. I mean, Devil's Towers, I think, like a half hour, 40 minutes from their house. Well, we might as well go through Gillette. <laughs> then we don't have to shoot the opposite direction on day two. But, um, yeah, we're going to take, like I say, mostly state highways on day one. But since my wife is coming with me and I want to stay married for a little bit longer, divorces are <laughs> expensive. Um, on day two, I think we're going to take Interstate 94 most of the day. But uh, to keep things, you know, entertaining, you know, I like to be able to update people, especially in a fundraiser. You know, it's nice to show people what you're up to. So there's yeah. going to be a few little detours along the way. So we'll be getting off the interstate some. But. Yeah, day two is going to be mostly interstate, just getting home. So. Well, especially then, you know, it, it works out right, you know. It'd be cool. I know it's, I think it's like a 20-mile jaunt off the highway to get up to Devil's Tower, but, you know, kind of be cool. Maybe, you know, get get a picture up by Devil's Tower. Oh, yeah, we'll be stopping there for a picture. Um, yeah, you can see it from a long ways away. And yeah, that was, and that was one of the places we wanted to visit, but we didn't get there. But I remember going by it on the interstate. You could see it. It's that's a big landmark, Yeah, I big don't piece remember. of rock. I don't remember the name of the highway that runs through there, but uh, yeah, you can get pretty close to it right off the highway. I'm sure Mike or Nick, one of those guys, can pime in a chat what the highway is that goes up by uh, Devil's Tower. And then there, there's a gift shop there. Even from the gift shop parking lot, well, there's a gas station too. So yeah, you can get you can get really close to it there. So if you got to stop for gas anyway, stop there, mm -hmm. get your gas, take your picture, and hit the road. So yeah. And at the gift shop, they've got a little little tiny kid there that's always scamming people for money. So keep an eye out for him if you if you do go there. 
<laughs> I think that kid's making a fortune. We've seen him there year after year. So. <laughs> hey, might as well take advantage. I guess it works for you, you know. Maybe he's trying to put himself through college, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But uh, so yeah, that's that's one of our rides that we're doing. And then um, you know, there's I had some other stuff planned, but then you know, like Riot came out with all these monster rides. You know, the five hundred. Yeah. You know, the one thousands, the thirteen thirteen. So uh, I think I'm going to stay pretty busy with a lot of those. So like even like the thirteen thirteen. I sit here on Google Maps and I'm just kind of plotting little places. You know, it's like, oh, this is you know not far enough. But if I go here, no, I'm at you know twelve seventy five. So then I just got to add this, and uh, yeah, I keep myself busy looking at maps. So. <laughs> yeah, I find myself the same thing looking at some of those. Even like some of the uh, the smaller ones, like well, five oh seven and you know twelve hours. That's fucking simple. It's like I can go here, there, and yeah, the uh, the big one though would be fun. The forty eight capitals, but man, there, I I don't have that time to go do that one but it'd be freaking awesome all right i don't have time for it this year that's all i'll say <laughs> <laughs> sounds good <laughs> but uh yeah it's not in the cards this year but we'll see so yeah i think that's to go to the capitals i think it's like thirteen thousand miles it's somewhere around there yeah. yeah i think if you just clip the edge of every state it's only like eight thousand miles but uh, yeah if you're going into the capitals it adds quite a bit which makes sense, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so, a pretty big, big stretch. It is. So, how do you find Mile Monsters? Um, I suppose it was originally through Craig. Um, we were on. Well, Craig does his annual memorial ride, even though he's still yeah. alive. And, Which uh, is a great idea. I gotta admit, though, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, and a uh, riot showed up on one of those. And, of course, at the time, Hopper was out. He was somewhere, like, in the last, you know, two-thirds or whatever that of, of his, you know, 100,000-mile ride. Yeah. And uh, so we heard about that. We started following that stuff, and it just kind of grew from there. So I'll kind of credit, you know, Craig, Riot, and and Chris for, for leading me there, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, and it was, you know, through Craig. We're actually – no, I think I met Riot first. Because I got in touch with Riot through the podcast, and he got me in touch with Craig, and you know, I, and that was in the very beginning stages of this, and we've all been great friends ever since. And yeah, it's really cool to see what he's accomplished with this dream and the goal, and how big it's grown. It's it's a real fun part to be a part of it, and you know, the Monster One Hundred coming up, and and all the other fundraisers, and the good that he does to to help support all these boys, and you know, the support of. A lot of us in the community that have joined up with it and, and all the, the fellow people in the community that helped us support, you know, the, the adventures that we take to to help support the boys. Absolutely. And that's one thing I got to say, like, you know, us as rioters, you know, we do our little part or whatever, which is great. But, uh, yeah, like you, you mentioned support. I can't believe the people that step up and donate to this stuff. You know, it's, it's unreal. Um, you know, like I, I did a little fundraiser ride, you know, a thousand miler last I think it was June. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, I think it was last June. And uh, yeah, I can't believe how many people that you know they have nothing to do with the motorcycle world or Duchenne, and they just donated like crazy. I couldn't believe what it brought in. It was just insane. Oh, and, and it was likewise when I put on the first Monsters Over Mountains in last August. Mm -hmm. The support was absolutely awesome, and you know the the message from you know other people within the community said, "Dude, you got to do it again. I want to come ride it. I want to come next year." So. You know, we got Monsters Over Mountains coming again this year, and there's some people that are, you know, some individuals say they're coming from 
quite a distance away with one of those being riot he wants to come out and ride it and so that'll be you know pretty freaking cool yeah absolutely yeah i was watching you guys on the tracker last year that was that was a good run uh, it was fun fun to watch it was a challenge that's for sure but it, it was super cool especially when you know when you accomplish it. i mean we had the goal was 1500 miles in 36 hours and came in at 1550 and 35 and a half <laughs> yeah, i was watching the first half it's like well those guys are behind I think I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night, middle of the night or something like that. I don't remember how it worked, but all of a sudden you guys are on track. It's like, whoa, look at these guys. So yeah. Yeah, we cool. ended up riding to like two in the morning Saturday, got the miles and down. We were in Arlington, Oregon, you know, hobo camp in a city park parking lot, and I tell you what, that's the most solid two and a half hours of sleep I ever got in my life. And we were back up at five and back on the bikes and up Mount Hood, and it was crazy. It was it was so much fun though. It really was. Right. Yeah, it looked like fun. So, yeah, it was, like I say, it was good to watch because it was, like, right down to the wire, you know. And, uh, like it, you were mentioning, like, that, that 48 Capitals ride or whatever. And I, I think that's the cool way to do it is, like, if you go out east first and fall away behind and look like you're failing and then just kick ass in the second half, I think that's pretty cool. You can probably <laughs> get a few more, I mean, more stay There you are. Yeah, my uh, my internet decided to crash on me. Oh, nice! I was wondering if it was me. I was if it was me. Nope, that's just me. <laughs> so we're just gonna go off the phone for right. Now. Right. Perfect. So, but yeah. Damn shit. <laughs> yeah, it's always something. I was hoping I didn't press something. I noticed that the wife turned on her phone or whatever. I'm like, you're you're killing the Wi-Fi. No, it was um, I don't know why. I mean, I'm my stuff's hardwired in here, and it decides that it no longer wants to work, and I just lost my internet. <laughs> well, nice to have you back. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make it work one way or another. <laughs> right on. Damn right. shit, but hey, you know, <laughs> technology. You got to make do how you can. Absolutely. So, so where were we? I don't even remember what we were talking about. I don't either. <laughs> we're somewhere, and then all of a sudden we just lost everything. <laughs> Perfect. So, oh, yeah, that gave, me, that gave me time to read through the comments and stuff. So that was nice. So, yeah, yeah, you had one. I know Mike had commented talking about one of the highways up where you can go in uh, Wyoming up to Devil's Tower. Right. In fact, yeah, I, I think I saw that when he mentioned Aladdin. Yeah, and that's, we go through Aladdin quite a bit. I think that's like a, I think one of the oldest stores in Wyoming or something is in Aladdin. It's pretty oh, neat. Okay. They got like everything there. Back when you couldn't find ammo, they had ammo. It was pretty cool. So. <laughs> yeah, when you can find ammo, that, that is nice. Right. Of course, they charged us for it. We paid tourist prices. but. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> But hey, at least you got some. That, that, that's what matters. Right. <laughs> so. so. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, no little technical difficulties, but, you know, came back. Perfect. So. All right, man. That's been, you know, sorry for the, you know, my issues, but no, thanks for coming on and coming and hanging out and sharing some adventures. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. I hope I didn't put anybody to sleep or anything. So, Oh, no. 
<laughs> then you got my good old technical difficulty that had to ruin shit. But oh well, I, you know we persevered. All right, I thought maybe he just left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I don't know. I think I might need a new fucking modem router in my house because, I mean, I run an Ethernet cord. It's a burial cord out to my shop for my internet, and all of a sudden, it just no, no more internet. We're done. Nice yeah, technology. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> But it does make stuff like this possible now and then, so it's it does. Yeah, so yeah, just like social media, I spend too much time on there. But yeah, I've got a lot of friends and personal life that I wouldn't have without you know first connecting there. So it's all good. Hey, exactly. I mean, that's that's the fun part about doing this is you know the reaching out to different people within the community and building the friendships and 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 doing all this and building that network of people all over all over. And it's it's a lot of fun. It is. In fact, I've noticed in the last year or so, like we go to rallies or whatever, and I'll bump into people that, you know, I've only known from like social media, but you, yeah, you can start talking to them right away. It's like you've been friends forever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, and that you know that's kind of why you know when I went to uh, Rapid City for the Hoka Hay was to meet so many of the people that I've got to meet through doing this because I mean I had all the top five from 2020 run and and other people that I've got to meet you know all through social media wise that are into that, you know, the long distance endurance riding community and got to meet a bunch of people and a bunch of people that I didn't, you know, I didn't know. And it was a lot of fun. Right. Huh? Yeah. You went out there for the start and I was out there for the finish. So yeah, you covered both bases. Kind <laughs> of covered. Yeah. So yeah, that was a fun ride then too. In fact, uh, yeah, I was on a Friday night. I left here at 7 PM and rolled on out there in the dark. I had a good time. So, <laughs> yeah, we left on a Wednesday and got there on a Friday late afternoon evening. Nice. Yeah, that's like I say, 1,200 miles for you. So that's a John. Yeah. And it ended up being one of those things where we were going to leave Thursday and I got off work early on Wednesday and said, fuck it, let's just ride to Eastern Washington. All right. So we went there, stayed there, and then rode to, I think it was Butte, Montana. We stayed there and then into Rapid City the next, well, excuse me, the next day. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I usually try to do that too. Like we'll try to get an early jump the night before, but then, uh, you know, you get going and I just keep going. Like I say, when I went out to the Hoka Hay, it was, you know, the sun was starting to come up. I was just outside Rapid City. <laughs> I pulled over yeah. and took a, I took a nap on a picnic table and finished the, the run, you know, after that. But yeah, I figured I was going to get there at like three in the morning. Nobody was even going to be awake. So I had to stall for a while and <laughs> made the best of it. Yeah. There you go. You, you make it work. You're right. It's all the adventure and the stories from it. You're right. But yeah, that was a pretty much a strictly interstate run on the way out there. I guess I was I was going to stop when I started seeing deer, but I never saw a deer, so I just kept going and going and going, and yeah, pretty soon we were there. So then, there you go. Yeah. Then of course after that, the the ride home was a lot of fun. Um, I had basically two days to complete like 500 miles because of course I got a jump start on it Saturday night. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, we took a bunch of dirt roads through South Dakota and got out and saw some old farmsteads and stuff. It was, it was pretty sweet. Oh, especially, yeah, when you can take a short ride like that when you got a lot of time, man. You can really detour and, and see a lot of shit. Right. There's a lot of farting around. So, yeah, it's not always about crushing miles. You got to fart around. So. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> well, and that's part of, you know, you get some of these other places in the country you ain't been around. It's like, man, if you got the time, man, go explore. Exactly. Heck, yeah. yeah good times so exactly 
So, all right, buddy, I'm going to jump off here and, I, you know, get some dinner going. And, well, actually, it's already been in the crock pot all day. So, uh, do that stuff. But, yeah, thanks for coming on and, and hanging out and shooting the shit. Oh, thanks for having me. If you ever need it again, I'm I'm around. So, <laughs> Heck, yeah, sounds good. All right, and we'll, we'll see you probably in August. Heck, yeah, buddy, I'll be there. Right on. So, all right, guys, hey, thanks for tuning in to Milepost 99. Next week, we got Milepost 100 coming. And, uh, yeah, we got some stuff happening for that, so I'm not even going to share it. There will be a link up. You guys can see it. But, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. You're not going to want to miss it. So, hey, tune in next week. It's going to be actually on Saturday, not Sunday. We will be going Milepost 100 on Saturday. So you'll see the notifications. So don't forget, follow us on YouTube, like it, and uh, hit those reminders because we're coming on a day early. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, ride safe, have fun, man. Everybody, enjoy that open road. We will catch you at Milepost 100 next Saturday. Later, guys.